in this prayer of Paul. Moved on to verse 20. and Verse 20 is really a doxology that comes out of his thoughts, his meditation of the prayer he prays, the church of emphasis. Yeah, if you are able to stand, please stand as we read the word. We just want to honor God for his word. Reading from the King James, it reads as such in our hearing. It says, now on the hymn that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. It really goes on, it really means unto him be glory by Christ Jesus. Unto him be glory throughout all ages. Unto him be glory world without end. Unto him be glory. Amen. Amen. Father, even now, move Tracy out of the way. Allow me to make relevant what your word is trying to say to us. Father, in these unpredictable trying times we need to see you in such a way that it will hold us through whatever life throws at us so allow us to see you even now Lord Allow us to see you. So, Father, just allow there to be a saturation of your Shekinah glory that will fall fresh in this place. That we will leave out of here different than when we came in. Even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you will, allow me to tap into your imagination. Pretend like you are in a car with me. (laughs) Pretend like we are at a stoplight and, and we are in that lane that is next to the turning lane. Uh-huh. Pretend like we, for some reason, we are looking at the car next to us and 
all of a sudden, that car begins to turn. And if that is our reference point, if that is our focus point, just the fact that car is now turning, it is now affecting us. There's a natural reaction that I have that I press deeper into the brake because, because that which I'm looking at is moving I feel like I'm moving. I, I, I really don't know whether I'm moving or not because there's an illusion that is taking place and I feel like I'm moving. So my natural reaction is to press deeper into the brake. Now, I don't know if you've been there before, but I've been there and what I do is I turn away from the car and I turn to the other side to see if other things are moving too. I look at a, at a lamp post, at a building, at a tree, something that is stationary to make sure that I am... Whether you realize it or not, in, in, in society, in the world, what has happened is people are losing their reference point. Everything is moving. And, and whether you admit it or not, all of us feel a little uneasy because we just don't know when things are going to stop. Can I step into this? Uh, let me share some with you. It's not going to stop. The Bible told us that, that, that in the last days, perilous times shall come, and we're going to start seeing things like we've never seen before. From the weather to attitude to politics to to, to uh, throughout the world, stuff is happening, and some of us are walking around with an upset stomach because we are looking at things that we used to depend on, and now they're moving, and we don't know where we stand. <laughs> Did you know that the Bible says that things are going to get so bad that the, the, that the deception of Satan in the world is going to get so bad that, that, that even the very elect, yes, if it's not for God's keeping power, even the very elect will be swept away with the lies, with the delusion, with the chaos that is coming. Our way. A doxology is where Paul breaks into praise. 
based on what he, he sees, based on the revelation that God has given him, Paul is so excited that he has an uncontrollable unction to start praising God. <laughs> the theology means to ascribe to someone or somebody praise that they are worthy of because they are the source. Can, can, can I break that down a little bit more? Ascribes mean that you find in that very thing or that very person, you find in them as your reference point. So you give towards them or to them the praise and thanksgiving that they are worthy of. Because you see. You know what that tells me? That that, that when we come in here, if we really see our Lord for who he is, we shouldn't have to be pumped up to praise him. And you know, you know, what that tells me is that, is that we wouldn't shout at the football game more than we shout in church. What that tells me is that, that Paul is coming off of the mountaintop because he has seen God so high and lifted up that he got the can't help it and he don't care who's watching, who's, who's around. All he knows is that what he has just seen has blown his mind and he can't help it but say, on to him, that is able. <laughs> See, if we don't get nothing else out of this series, we ought to see that, that he's able. Oh, our God is able. Right now he's able. When he talks about the breath, the lift, the depth, the, the dimension of, of Christ's love, he said, he said I, I'm not talking about in theory. He said, I know this. And because I am experiencing this, there's a cause and effect. The fact is, I got to praise him. The reason why I got to praise him, because I see him. And based on what I see, I can't help myself. I got to praise him. If you don't see nothing, don't say nothing. But if you see something, you got to say something. I, I, don't, I don't understand folks who never say nothing, who never raise their hands, who never walk in obedience. But, but I... I I begin to understand from, from, from all we talk about is you can't give what you don't see. My brothers and sisters, with the chaos that has begun, with the chaos that will continue to be, you better find a reference point 
that's not moving. Because <laughs> everything else is going to move on you. Uh, I don't think they heard me. Your job is going to move. People going to move. I've I, I seen children not show up for parents. I've seen parents not show up for children. Husband and wife move. You best have your focus on something that won't fail you, something that won't, won't lie to you, something that won't move away from you. You better have your focus on to him. I think that God is purposely shaking the church because the Bible says in the last days there is a falling away. Listen, the reason folks fall away because something else done got their attention. The Bible tells us that there is a spiritual delusion that's being set forth, and we're seeing things. I've never seen white people in the streets. If it was us doing it, it'd be called a riot. But the unrest has nothing to do with color. The unrest is what we have put our faith in. And the very things we thought had us, we're going to realize they can't hold us. And God want to know who's on his side. If we, if we, if we, if we knew what was coming about down the pipe, we won't be just be in church. We'd be in church early. It wouldn't be no coming to church late because, 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 because you don't know what's going to happen. And what's so crazy is this. Some of us see it and don't even realize what is happening. And it's happening right before our eyes. And instead of anchoring tighter, getting more rooted, more secure on the foundation of the love of Christ, we go, no, 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 no. My question is this, when, 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 when the flood comes in, is your faith strong enough to set up a standard? Because unless your faith in him is strong enough, the, the, the power of the current of the flood 
may just sweep you. Paul, even though it sounds like it's, 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 it's the ridicule, even though it sounds like it's, it's theory, this, this, this deep height, breath, dimension is so practical because what he's saying is your God is so big that no matter what the devil throws at you, your God is bigger than that. What he's saying is that if you see him for who he is, can't nothing move you off of what you know. And what he's saying is, is that I pray that you really see him and you're not just a church goer because church goers may not survive the trouble that's coming down the pipe. And he said that, 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 that really the experience of Jesus is so awesome that it's more than what you can comprehend and grasp and you can get as much as you need and as much as you want and whatever you got to do, go get it. Listen, it's too late for me to anchor myself once the flood has started. Once I caught up in the current, I'm trying to catch on to something, and I may catch on to something or not, but if I'm already anchored, then no matter how the current sweeps, I'm anchored. I ain't going nowhere. The question is, is our faith rooted and anchored enough that regardless what's going on on the outside, that you're anchored enough on the inside, that you, Lord, I'm staying right here. I ain't going nowhere. Now, now, unto him. This is so personal. See, see, I, I can't give you what you, what I know. I can't give you what I see. You got to see something for yourself. And what God will give to you would be different than what he gets. See, uh, how, how can I explain this? There are some scriptures that when I read it, memories come back that that scripture held me when I was falling apart. So you may read it, and it sounds good to you. But when I read it, It brings tears to my eyes because what is attached to that scripture is how God kept me 
in that scripture. So there's memories that is tied to those scriptures. So, so, so when I get hit hard, again, I go back to those scriptures. I go back to Psalms 27. I go back to Psalms 91. I go back. Because I know what he showed me. How he kept me. You got some scriptures that you go back to that keeps you, that speaks a word to you. Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61. Isaiah, now take that back. Isaiah 6, chapter 6. Turbulent times. The reason I say it's turbulent time in Israel because Israel had been blessed by King Uzziah, who was tremendously gifted. He was a, he was a, he was a commander in chief. He was a military strategist. He was, he invented some war weapons that, that, that Israel won some wars with. He was charismatic. He, he was, he was, he was a king. To the last years of his life, he seemed to go a little wayward and was struck with leprosy, and now he died. That's why Isaiah says, notice, he, he referenced this year in the year that King Isaiah died. In the year that my heart was broke, because we put our hope in King. In the year that Israel was, was, was sent into turmoil. Because, because King, what's your Isaiah? Why have you placed your faith in, your dependency on? Because, because your Isaiah sooner or later going to die and move on. God purposely moved Isaiah out of the way because with Isaiah being there, they couldn't see God. Here this prophet is, and, and even he is called up because he is claimed to be cousins to Isaiah, and, 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 and he, he's hurt in two ways. That which he had the future of Israel in Isaiah's hand and his cousin personal have died and he dies and in this turmoil at church one Sunday Isaiah leaves the grounds of the church and get caught up in the spiritual vision and he saw God higher than he had ever seen him before there's some there's there, 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 there's some there's, there, there's some controversy about the book of Isaiah. Uh, 
66 books, prophetic, literary genius. It is one of the most classical literary writings of, of any time. It is lifted up as being one of the greatest writings because of its poetry. But there's some, there's some controversy. See, the controversy is that Isaiah is prophesizing, and he prophesies somewhere like, 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 like 300 years about a king, Cyprus, is coming, and he names him by name. So theologian says, no, 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 no. There must be at least two or three Isaiahs. Because this prophecy is too, too accurate. I, I, I say, my first thought is, wait a minute, is anything too hard for our God? But, there, but there's another reason why I say, no, nah, I, I think it's only one. And the reason why I, I say it's only one, because when he saw the Lord, he said, I saw him high and lifted up, and I saw the angels cry out, Holy, holy, holy. Now watch this. So now Isaiah begins throughout the book to call him the Holy One of Israel. Some of y'all catching on. Listen, listen. Nobody else can take what I see and use it for themselves. You got to go get your own. <laughs> Do you understand where I'm coming from? What kept him is, he said, the Holy One of Israel. And it took him back to his vision. Listen, if it's my vision, he can't take my vision. So therefore, the Holy One of Israel is Isaiah's vision all the way through the book. And, and you will see that over and over again. Can someone who didn't see what I saw come and say what I saw? He got to get his own. What's yours? Because if you see him, you ought to have a vision. And your vision got to be big enough to keep you. Some of us got to get a vision. You've been coming to church, but you don't got no vision. You've been taught to go to church by habit, but do you got a vision? Because sometimes the only thing you got that's going to keep you through your storm is the vision God gave you. Don't you hear David? David says, I encourage myself when nobody else could encourage me. When nobody else knew I was going through, I stopped. I look back how good he's been. I look back at the vision he gave me. Yes. And I thank 
about my God. He fought my battles. He brought me through. He protected me. I killed the lion. I killed the bear. I killed the lion. I encouraged myself. You better have a vision that is big enough to take you through the next levels. My brothers, my, my sisters, I'm not throwing, listen, I am teaching us how to survive the next wave of whatever. Because if your vision of Christ is big enough, it doesn't matter what the devil throw at you. It doesn't matter who stays, who leaves. I'm not saying you won't cry a little bit, but when you get through crying, you say, I'm going on anyhow. Paul had a reference, a vision of God that kept, I, I want you to hear Paul's resume. Not his resume of, of, of good works, but his resume of suffering. Listen. If you are going to serve God, there's going to be a resume of suffering. Some of us think it's a strange thing when you go through trouble. But let me tell you, you're living in a fallen world with a fallen devil who got untold Fallen angels working for him. I call them imps in a fallen dark world with fallen people. And you think that you're going to get out of here with no scratches? Let me go through this again. Here you are trying to shine as a light in a dark world who's trying to put out your light. So you got a bullseye on your back and the devil hates your guts. You got a fallen devil in a fallen world with fallen army. We're around fallen people. And you think that you're not going to go through H-E-L-L at some point? In fact, the Bible told us we would. But he said that he will see us through. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, since he has already overcome the world, you are more than a conqueror. He said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But why would he tell us who we are 
if we wasn't going to go through something that you got to stand and trust him. Okay, I just heard somebody say that. Well, I ain't going to do nothing. What you say? What you say? What you say? I'll give you the mic. What you He's say? still coming after you. He's 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 still coming after you. Let, let, let me let me read let me let me read this this resume. And then I show you how we should respond to the fact that he's still coming after you. Just the fact you, a child of God, you, you, you washed under the blood of Jesus, he's still coming after you. So, so you might as well fight. Did y'all hear that? You might as well fight. Ain't no sense of just sitting there getting stunk. You might as well get up and fight. You might as well use the power Christ gave you. You might as well tear, tear the devil's kingdom down. You might as well stand for who you are. You might as well say, I'm, in, I'm on the battlefield. You might as well say, hey, I'm going to tear his kingdom down for my Savior. You... Paul, Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, he says, as they serve Christ, are, are, are we servants of Christ? Are they servants of Christ? I, I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped Times without number. He said, he said, he said, I've been whipped so many times, I can't even tell you how many times I got whipped. Some of us can say that when we was children. I don't know how many times. Face death again and again. Five different times. The, 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 the Jewish leaders gave me the dreaded 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods, and, and many times people didn't survive that. He says, he says, he says, I once was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at the sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as Gentiles. I faced danger in the city, in the desert, on the sea. I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothes to keep me warm. Then besides all of this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. 
don't think none of us been through all that. Let me show you the attitude that Paul had because his vision was so big. Acts tell us that Paul is stoned, and the only reason they quit throwing rocks at him because he's laying on the, on the ground, they think he's dead. So those who stoned him walked away. And, 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 and believers gathered around him looking at him. And in the midst of looking at him, Paul got up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Many theologians believe that, that while he's laying there, that he might have actually died. And that's when he saw heaven. But God wasn't finished with him yet. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Paul didn't just get up. See, if it was some of us, we would have got up and said, oh, my head. <laughs> oh, take me to the hospital. I think I got some broken bones. Some of us would have got up and said, oh, poor, pitiful me. But the Bible said Paul got up, went to the synagogue, and preached Christ again. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Somebody don't hear me. Listen, you know what he said? He said, if you're going to stone me for preaching Christ, I'm going to show you something better. Stone me, and I'm going to get up and preach him again. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So I, 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 I think I can say that better. I, said, I, I think that when he got up, he said, hell to the north. <laughs> hell, you can't stop me. I don't care what you throw at me. And the more you throw at me, the more I'm going to preach about my Jesus. Is that the best you got? If that's the best you got, I'm going to shake it off and go preach Jesus some more. So, so, so what are we crying about? What are we crying about? He had a vision that was bigger than his trouble. Listen, trouble going to be there. You might as well tell somebody about Jesus. You might as well be about your father's business. You might as well shake it off and keep on praising him. Paul, when he says now in the hymn, is giving us words of exaltation, words of truth, words of encouragement. It's a challenge to our faith of saying, if you have seen Christ, there ought to be some evidence somewhere. To the degree that you see him will affect how you love him. And how you love him will affect how you live for him. And if you don't live for him, you must not see him. To the degree 
that you see him, you can't help but love him. Once you love him, you can't help but serve him. Once you serve him, you can't help but see him. The more you see him, the more you love him. The more you love him, the more you see him. The more, the more, the more, the more, the more. There is a cause and effect. There is a cause and effect. As times get worse, the light of Jesus ought to so overshadow the church that the church becomes a light in the midst of the darkness. Listen, it's not time to be afraid. It's opportunity. I said, when people, read now in the New Living Translation, when people do not accept divine acceptance, divine guidance, divine revelation, it's not that God is not trying to show himself. Is that people don't want to see. <laughs> I was listening to some top scientists, and a question was asked about this top scientist. He said, he said, he said, you live in the science field, you work in the science field. He says, you, you know these guys. How are they getting around when they try to come up with a reason of how life started? And they know that there's a spiritual law that nothing, there's always a cause and effect, and life could not have started by itself. And no matter how you uh, 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 try to figure out the numbers. It still comes back to something has a cause, had to start. So how they get around it? And this scientist say, I really believe it's not that they don't see. They go around because they don't want to be accountable to a God. The interviewer asked again, he said, how can this scientist and this scientist who are noted top of the field actually say that they believe that life started from, from spawns coming from a planet that has life and it landed on Earth. For those of you that, that, that believe in science, science is okay, but science it really, it, it confers that there is a God. He said, he said, he said, he said, that takes more faith than believing that there's a God. How can they come up with such a thing? He said, it's because they're trying to find anything other than there's a God. And when they can't go no farther, they begin to, to come up with theories that are crazy because yeah. yes, yes, they don't want to accept 
there's a God. Hold on, wait a minute. Can I, can I take this a little bit deeper? Let's, let's move that from the science realm to the church realm. Some of us don't want to get a bigger illumination because the bigger the illumination, the more accountability you have to what you see. <laughs> see, if we're not going to be obedient to what we see, God's not going to give you any more illumination and revelation because he wants you to be obedient to what you already know. And when you're not obedient to what you already know, he will even take what you know away from you because you ain't doing nothing with what you know. Listen, God says, I want to show myself, but I'm not going to show it to somebody who don't hold me precious. He said, I know who I am, and I know I'm precious. So, so why should I give you any more of my preciousness if you're not going to run with the preciousness you already got? Listen, 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 listen. Let me, let me read it from the NIV. It says, where there's no revelation, people cast off all restraints. And what he's saying is this. When, 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 when the knowledge of God is not seen, or when we don't have something bigger to hold us, we begin to do anything. You don't want people settle for the crumbs of Satan because they don't see that God got a full table. And the table is full. You don't eat the crumbs when you know that your daddy got the table and the table is full. All of a sudden, you wait till dinner's ready. Matter of fact, some of you for Thanksgiving didn't eat no breakfast or lunch. Because you wanted to save room for the table being set. Somebody told me I haven't ate for a day. <laughs> I said, why not? Because I knew that Thanksgiving was coming. And I wanted to make sure I had enough room to eat everything on the table. Y'all laughing because y'all know I'm telling the truth. Some of y'all took not just a little bit of everything. You went back for seconds. Somebody said thirds. I'm not pointing. And then dessert. To boo! <laughs> if we're going to do that for earthly cooking, how much more? How much more should we be ready to sit at our Father's table and, and go back for more? Now settle for the crumbs that Satan's trying to give you. 
Let me bring this to an end. Let me bring this to the end. Gotta have a vision of you beyond you. Of where God's trying to take you to. And gotta believe that our God is big enough to get you there. Did you recognize it's not about you? It's about him. God, God is not that interested in your abilities because you can't do what you're supposed to do unless God give you the power to do. I don't know about you. I've argued with God. Lord, you know me. You know all the stuff I done did. You know where I've been to. You know. And God said, what that have to do with anything? I specialize in reaching into the guttermost to lift people to the uttermost. Every time I thought I had a good argument, God had a better answer. Lord, you know I can't do much. I didn't ask you to do much. I'm going to do what I'm going to do through you. I'm just asking you to let me work through you. Is there anything too hard for me to do? Lord, folks won't accept me. So, they didn't make you, they didn't die for you, they can't save you. As long as I see you, what do folks got to do with it? Come on, you got an excuse? Come on, throw it at me. I bet you God got an answer. The problem is, we will use anything to not see how big he is. But when you see how big he is, you know what? I don't understand this, but God will make the ones who Satan is using to stop you elevate you. The very ones who don't like you is being used by God to make you lean and depend on him even more so that you got more anointing to do what God has called you to do. Listen to Joseph. You meant it only me for evil, but God meant it to me for good. You thought you sold me into slavery to get rid of me. But God sent me to Egypt to prepare a place for you. You were trying to kill me. God used me to save you. So, after I there, see... God high lifted up. The Godhead starts talking to themselves. Himself. 
not them, him. There's only one guy. But there's three personalities, two or three persons in that guy. That don't make sense. That's why God is beyond us. He's beyond anything that we could ever comprehend. He's God. And somebody say the Trinity don't make sense. Say he's God. He's God. You, you, can't, you can't put your mind around God. Okay. Okay. There's three, there are four times in the Bible that God says, us. It's, 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 it's the Godhead and got together and begin to communicate with one another. Isaiah is standing on the side and he's hearing something that really he's not part of. Said, who shall we send for us? Sometimes God will let you hear some stuff, see some stuff. You're standing on the outside. Let me, let me throw something at you. When God has given you a passion for something, he also has given you the gifting to help solve the problem that you see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. What he's doing is tapping into the heart of Isaiah. He's not asking Isaiah, but he's prompting the, the spirit of Isaiah to do what he's been called and created to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, 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 when you got a passion mm -hmm. for the heart of God, yes, can't nobody stop you. Can't, can't, can't do it. Can't hold on, hold on, hold on. Even when things get hard, you're still going to do it. Hold on, hold on. Even when you feel like giving up, you can't give up. It's like fire, fire. shut yeah. up yeah. in your bones. Yes, Folks can talk about you, but, but because it's on the inside, See, if God said, yeah. who would go for us? Yeah. He might raise his hand, uh -huh. just volunteer, and think he's doing God a favor. Uh -huh. But God don't ask. Mm -hmm. God is communicating, mm -hmm. saying, whom mm -hmm. yeah. shall we sin? Uh -huh. And Isaiah has the audacity yes, to say, <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> <laughs> He couldn't wait. He interrupted their conversation. Me, Lord. Me. I want to be a part. You know what should be happening in church? Me. Me. After all he's done for me. Me. I don't see nobody jumping. And here we say, uh-uh, you, I'm hiding. Don't call me. Yes, sir. Yes, When we recognize what he has done for you. Something. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> Hold on, no. Don't walk without me pushing you. You can't help it. Even if you resist, he pushes a little bit harder. And when you come up against resistance, he would take a hold of you and hold you. I'm not talking theory. I'm talking experience. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. There's some things unless God keep you through it, you never will make it. If you want to see the power of God, get in God's way to be used by God. And you will see the supernatural begin to happen. Ephesians chapter 1, at the end of that prayer in 1, it says, it says, I pray that you may come to know the, that the same power that lift Jesus up from the grave and lifted him up to the right hand of the Father is now, right now, extended towards you. He said, you don't know it, but my right hand of power is on you. You may not feel it, but you really are walking around with my right hand of power on you. Then no matter what you come up against, the power of my powerful hand is on you to strengthen you within to go through to overcome the stand when you can't do nothing else but stand I have empowered you to stand so what is it you may have to cross the time here and wipe your tears but after you get to wiping your tears stand back up and trust me that I'm going to get you through. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm telling you, I got you. Okay, thank you, thank you. One more, uh, and I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Lord, Lord. I really should have a pencil, but I'm going to try this. Lord, you breaking me. I had to break you in order to put you back together the way I want you to fit. Watch this. Now that you're broken, I'm going to hold you together. 
before you thought you was holding yourself together. Before you thought that you could do it on your own. But when I broke you, you recognized that you was broken. And now you depended on me like you never depended on me before. And you put yourself in my hand. Now, I'm not going to fix the break, but I'm going to hold you together. And where you are broken is where my power is going to come through. As long as we are in the master's hand, don't you know there's nothing you can't go through? Don't you know there's nothing that you can't accomplish with him? As long as you have placed yourself in the master's hand. Broken. Now, unto him that is able. 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 Now. No matter what you go through, now. No matter what the devil throw at you, now. No matter how much it hurts, now. In the waiting, now. Under him. I'm hurting, but now. Under him. Under him. 